so we continue uh, reading from the Kitab Al-Kitab Al-Jami' from the Risalat Ibn Abi Zayd Al-Qayrawani and he uh, continues uh, talking about those things that are the uh, the obligations of deen uh, uh, in general. So we left off yesterday talking about those things that the tongue um, that the tongue is forbidden from speaking, and we continue today. He says, "Waharam Allahu Subhanahu Dima al Muslimina wa Amwalhum A'radhum illa bihaqiha." So he he mentions something which is. Again, uh, uh, a remarkably small number of words that contain the summary of most, if not uh, almost all of the sharia in terms of interacting with the other members of the ummah. And that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made haram, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden uh, uh, for the Muslims the blood of the Muslims and the uh, property of the Muslims and the uh, the honor of the Muslims, meaning it's haram for you to harm someone physically. It's haram for you to destroy or uh, misappropriate uh, uh, from their wealth or from their property, and it's haram for you to misappropriate some part of their 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 honor uh, and to speak ill of them. And this is essentially the commandment of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam during his, um, during his <coughs> uh, farewell hajj uh, uh, in which he, uh, he said, and it's one of those things that he said that was heard uh, most widely. It was one of those things that he said when he had the biggest of, uh, of audiences in front of him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam during his Hajjat Hajjatul Wada'a farewell Hajj after which he passes away maybe less than four months after and uh, so it is one of the last things that he commands uh, and one of the uh, most well-known things that he commands is the thing that he chose to say when he had the biggest audience in front of him uh, probably that he had in his entire life uh, and what did he say? He says, فَإِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَعْرَاضَكُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ حَرَامٌ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا أَلَهَ الْبَلَّغْ قَالُوا أَلَّهُمَّ نَعَمْ قَالَ أَلَا تَرْجِعُوا بَعْدِ كُفَّارٍ يَضْرِبُوا بَعْضُكُمْ رِقَابَ بَعْضٍ وَكَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَ uh, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, at that time, that indeed your blood and your property and your honor, meaning your reputations between you, uh, are sacred. Uh, like this day is sacred, and it was the uh, it was the day of Arafah or the day of Nahab, uh, uh, and this month of yours is sacred, which is Dhul-Hijjah, which was the most sacred of the sacred months. Uh, and then thereafter, uh, 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 this land, just like this land of yours, is sacred. And it was the the, the haram of Allah Taala, uh, the sacred land of Allah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and uh, uh, even that during the time of Hajj. So the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam turned his tawajjuh and his focus to the heavens, and he said, uh, "Have I not, uh, have I not?" Uh, uh, caused this message to reach its audience? Have I not delivered this message? And uh, uh, the companions, radiallahu anhum, they all, uh, uh, to a man, they said, they said, uh, uh, oh Allah, yes, we bear witness that indeed, uh, indeed you have. And so the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi then he says afterward, he says, if this is the case, if the message has reached you, then don't, uh, 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 don't return back to your previous state after I have left. Uh, 
um, such that you were, uh, you show such ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala that you would um, strike, some of you would strike at the necks of others, meaning that you spill each other's blood to the point where you kill one another. Um, and this is, this is a very important message. And guess where we're at right now? This is exactly what's happening in the Muslim world is that people people don't have, you know, they don't keep the, the sacredness of any of these things. And it's interesting because in America, you know, the Muslim community, no matter how bad it gets, in general, we refrain from physically harming one another. Um, and we, in general, refrain from destroying one another's property, although it happens from time to time. But we don't tolerate that. You know, in general, we, we refrain from those things. But the third thing, which is the honor and the, uh, uh, you know, the inviolability of the honor of, uh, of a Muslim, we don't seem to respect that all that much. And unfortunately, it, it, you know, I think it points to a, an issue, which is a, a kind of a broader issue um, in the ummah, which is that because of people's lack of respect for deen, or because of people who have respect for deen, but pigeonholing it into just like the salat or into fasting or into like particular parts of the deen that they want to uh, follow, you know, like تُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْضِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْضِ فَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمُ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَى أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْيَعْمَلُونَ Allah asked this question of who? Of Banu Israel. He said, do you believe in part of the book and do you disbelieve in part of it? He says, because for the people who are like that, there is no punishment except for dishonor and uh, humiliation in this world and on the uh, day of judgment uh, such people will return to even a more severe punishment than that and Allah Ta'ala is not uh, heedless of that which they do so the idea is what is the point of mentioning the the stories of Banu Israel in the Quran is not because of like some sort of anti-Semitic bent or whatever. We're all Semitic people anyway, and there were many good people, upright people from Banu Israel as well, uh, um, uh, other than their their prophets. The point is, is what is that? Don't go down the lizard hole that they went down. Uh, yet that's what we do. Uh, what, what what do we do? We uh, you know we will refrain from physical altercations and like you know theft or destruction of property but we will engage the day all along in uh, deprecating one another's honor and this is very problematic and uh, 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 this is a way in which we have in which we have i guess imitated the people who are around us in as much as in the law of the united states of america freedom of speech allows a person to say you know a lot you know you can say almost whatever you want to and there are very few legal repercussions. Whereas, if you you know spit on a person's car, you you might get the cops called on you. If you uh, you know if you uh, deface someone's property, you'll get the cops called on you. Uh, uh, and uh, if you murder a person, you'll probably go to jail, and you might even get the death penalty. And uh, uh, look, you know uh, the 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 law of the land in America is it was never meant to be an all-encompassing law that. Uh, that that solves a person's problems, you know, personal problems, or uh, that uh, you know will rectify your life in this world and the hereafter. The point of the American law is what is uh, uh, you know just to ensure like the general order and the prosperity of the nation um, in general, and that's theoretically. Uh, in, in reality, it oftentimes serves specific people kind of more than it serves others. And, um, you know, there's an interest in the law not being totalitarian. You know, we don't want, we don't want uh, uh, Lindsey Graham and uh, we don't want, uh, uh, what's this guy's name from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell. And we don't want these cats to be like legislating what we do on a daily basis or what we can and can't say. But that doesn't mean that nobody has the right to do so, nor does it mean that you shoot your mouth off and say whatever you want and there won't be consequences. And, you know, one of the things, sadly, 
due to the situation in Burma, due to the situation in East Turkestan, uh, 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 Chinese occupied East Turkestan, and due to the uh, situation that the Muslims are going through in India and Kashmir, we know that you know freedom of speech is not like just sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We know that that words do hurt, and words are the prelude to violence, and words are the seed, um, and uh, 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 the seed of the plant of hate, and the harvest of crops from that plant is what it's violence. It's uh, it's uh, defacing property, uh, dispossessing property. Um, it is uh, unfair legislation, and eventually becomes violence, which escalates to genocide and death. And uh, that kind of that's kind of is is what it is. That's how it is. And um, we have to be, you know, we have to be cognizant of that. We cannot we cannot talk garbage about other people. We cannot talk garbage about Muslims. Sometimes certain people actually deserve it. And we have to hold our tongues back. Why? Because we don't want to plant a seed of violence that today uh, we plant the seed. And then, you know, when we go about our business, one day that tree grows very strong and you can't cut it down and the fruit of it is bitter and everybody has to then deal with that. We don't want that. Uh, so the ihtiyat and the cautiousness as to what? Just hold your tongue. Um, just hold your tongue. This world wasn't meant to be a perfect place. This world wasn't meant to be a place where justice is established. Allah Ta'ala Himself is a Dayan, Al Malik Dayan. Allah Ta'ala is Al Hakam and Al Adil. He is the 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 one who will decide disputes. He's the one who will arbitrate and decide disputes. He is the one who is uh, the the truly just. He is the one who will take vengeance. He's the muntaqim. He will take vengeance. He's the dayan who will who will, who will take vengeance for every wrong. Uh, that that belongs with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That doesn't belong with the creation. And if you know we as creation try to go uh, an eye for an eye then it will literally it will leave the whole world world blind. Even if Allah Ta'ala, if Allah Ta'ala's justice, and this is a matter of aqidah, you know, for all of us. If Allah Ta'ala went full justice mode on everybody, then Mazaka minkum and Ahad. Prophet himself, you know, he said that nobody will enter Jannah except for through Allah's mercy. He said, even you, Rasulullah, he says, even me. Uh, uh, if, it, uh, if it wasn't that Allah Ta'ala immersed me in his, uh, in his mercy and drowned me in his mercy. Um, and if one of us were to say that, even if it was correct, it would be considered uh, bad adab with the Prophet It really would. But he said it وسلم, um, and he's the only one who can from this ummah. And he said it, why? Because he wanted to show and teach us something, which is what? Which is that, uh, uh, that, uh, that we, need to, we need to have a, a, an attitude that... Um, lets us like let certain things go and that doesn't just mean let letting things go in terms of killing people and in terms of like physically harming them or financially harming them it means even with our tongues we have to let things go and it's hard it's not easy because some people hurt us really badly but uh you know there's in shaitan uses the emotions because what happens when a person is emotional um the emotions overwhelm their their rational faculty and uh, we're not androids. We do have emotions, and our emotions, when they're in check, they help us and guide us to uh, be able to do those things that we need to do in life. However, we cannot let the emotions overwhelm uh, overwhelm our intellect. Um, rather, they have to work together. If they fight with one another, your ship is going to sink. And uh, you know, it's just like, for example, a person who like is under stress. When they're under stress, whether it be physical or emotional, what happens? The immune system starts to shut down. That person goes into fight or flight mode, and when you're running from a lion, you know your immune system isn't your like first concern. And so, uh, uh, what happens when that, you know, what happens when that uh, that 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 happens? Um, one useful part of your body will overwhelm another useful part of your body, and uh, the thing that's doing the overwhelming is not helping you at the time, and the thing that's getting overwhelmed is going to harm you. And uh, so uh, this is what happens with a person's emotions is that when their emotions get too, you know, they get out of place, they overwhelm the intellect. And uh, that's when shaitan's like, this is my time to, this is my time to make my move. And so what happens, people hurt you. And then shaitan somehow convinces you that somehow in harming another person, you have benefit. Now tell me something, okay? 
if if I have, for example, I'm upset. Okay, I I'm upset because I can't afford to pay my rent this month. Okay, um, and then uh, I'm really upset about it. You know, and then uh, 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 someone's like, hey, you know, uh, uh, Adolf Hitler is like, you know, uh, still alive, and he's in the other room. I should hit him in the head with a baseball bat. You know, yeah, let's get them. You know, get him. He's a jerk, right? Hey, sure, he is a jerk, and he probably deserves far worse than that. However, cracking Adolf Hitler in the head with a baseball bat is not going to pay your rent. But when your emotions over overrule your intellect, um, what ends up happening is that um, is that Shaitan steps in and convinces you of this kind of like faulty logic, which appeals to emotion but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in the intellect. And that's what happened with the whole poor, our entire home, poor Americans, you know, um, they don't have jobs like their fathers had jobs. They can't provide for their families. You know, fathers cannot be respected by their uh, wives because they can't provide anymore. And they're not respected by their children because they can't provide anymore. And, uh, uh, you know, it's causes like all of these like systematic like breakdown in society and in, in family life, morality, et cetera. And they're just upset. They're emotional. So they're like, hey, let's build a wall and like screw the Mexicans. You know, uh, that's going to solve our problems. Right. It does not work like that. It doesn't work like that. The same thing is happening in Europe right now. You know, weird, like all these like far right parties. They're like, oh, screw the Muslims. You know, it's like, look, friend, you guys don't work. You guys don't want to learn uh, mathematics. You guys want to watch football, whether it be American football in America or European football in Europe. You know, you want to, you know, you you know, you don't want to have families. You don't, you know, you want to marry your boyfriend. You want to do all of these things, and uh, uh, your economies are are not doing well, and you can't get a job because you don't have the skills that you need to in order to get a job, and etc. Nauseam. You're, you know, you're being outbred, and you have all these kind of weird fake YouTube videos that are, you know, shorts and clips that are going around on WhatsApp that would convince you that Muslims will be like the majority population of, of Europe by like November 25th or whatever. That's fine. Kill all the Muslims in the world. How is that going to solve your problems? You're still going to have all the same problems that you had from before. So this is the thing that shaitan does with a person is that it makes a person when they're emotional, it makes them think that somehow harming another person is going to benefit me. Who cares if another person gets harmed or is benefited? In fact, the sunnah is what is even your own enemies. You should wish well for them. You should wish if your enemies are evil, you should wish that they're like, hey, you know, I you know, wake up one day and be like, uh, I make toba, I repent from my evil and I become good and like they try to fix things. That's a sunnah, right? You don't have it inside of your heart to do that. Okay, don't. But like how is somehow harming your enemies going to uh, uh, going to make life better for you? Whether your enemies are doing well or whether they're doing poorly, okay, fine, you pushed a button and incinerated all of them. They're all gone. You still have to pay your rent next month. How are you going to do that? How are you gonna how are you gonna solve your problems? You know, if you're out of shape, you're still out of shape. If you're broke, you're still broke. If you're if your family life is a wreck, your family life is still a wreck. How is like somehow harming another person gonna do that? But we have a hard time letting go of these things. And this is one of the one of the important uh, you know things about why people should make vicar and why one of the catastrophes of why uh, uh, you know the vicar of Allah Ta'ala is like completely removed from our masajid. Um, and from our uh, practice of Islam in America to the point where I go to masajid and like people will say like, yeah, Sheikh, last week the khutbah was, you know, about why, you know, saying Allah, Allah is a bid'ah and a person shouldn't do it. Allah protect us and forgive us and, and protect us from ever committing that sin, the punishment of which is that you go around giving khutbahs, telling people not to take the, the divine name. Uh, uh, but the point is, is what you have to, because sometimes people, the stuff they do to you is like really bogus, you know. Imagine the Prophet ﷺ went through like the highest amount of that. Imagine he was an Amin. They loved us. Sadiq al-Amin. He was the truthful one, the trustworthy one. They loved him. He would do anything to help anybody who was in need. Um, and he never did harm to anybody. What did they do? They boycotted him. They caused his, uh, his beloved wife to pass away uh, under uh, hisar, under boycott. They, uh, you know, they, they, you know, Utbah and Utaybah, the two sons of Abu Lahab, just to spite the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Iyadu billah, um, he, uh, he, Abu Lahab, ordered them to divorce the daughters of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they did him dirty with, with regards to his, you know, with regards not just to his family, to his baby girls, they did it, you know. 
uh, um, uh, uh, and uh, what did they do? They killed the uncle of the Prophet They did all of these, these are just high levels of bogusness, right? And a human being doesn't have it inside of themselves. Sometimes, you know, some of us are really sensitive. We get really upset about little things. That's not good. That's a, a sign of nifaq. That like, like we can't like live down small things, you know? We should just like let things go. Uh, um, but there are some things that are so overwhelmingly bogus. It's many people don't have it inside of their emotional psychiatric makeup to be able to let them go. And the only solution to that, uh, to, to those problems is what? Is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you know, you're like an ant and I'm like an ant in this material world and we're like walking around and competing with the other ants. Uh, but then when you're a tawajjuh, when your eyes look into the higher realm, and they see the wonder and the amazement of the, all of the universal universes Allah Ta'ala made of the Alamul Khayal, of the of the Hadiratul Quds, of the Mala'ul A'la, of Jannah, of, of of you know of of the overwhelming vastness of Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, that He created outside of you and inside of you. Those are the the, the ways that you uh, are able to put things in perspective again. And they make the slights and the difficulties of this world seem insignificant. The access to that universe is only through the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it doesn't mean that you have to sit in a room and like for like six hours a day and repeat things. Although there are people who did that and they reached the maqamat that are indescribable for people like me. But all it means is what, you know, like you just, you plug in the, the, uh, you plug in the, uh, uh, the lamp just for a second in a dark room and you'll see everything in the room and even if the uh, light gets unplugged you already now you have a map of how everything looks inside of the room it, put, it, it, it shifts your perspective right uh and so uh, my advice to people who find themselves in this situation is to do that is to make the dhikr of allah ta'ala in so many of its forms the highest form is the love of the awliya of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the quickest form the easiest form is to love the rasul sallallahu alayhi wa love the companions love the ulama uh, uh, and to uh, you know to, to 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 inculcate that love inside of you but there's so many things a person can do the point is is this is that you have to be very careful in what you say about other people no matter how much they've hurt you why? Because it will set off a chain of, uh, of, of, of problematic occurrences that will, uh, uh, that will necessitate a ripple effect in society, which is very destructive, which is very destructive. Now, there are certain things that cannot be forgiven, and that's what the sacred law is there for. Uh, it's there for recourse for everyone who has been mazloom. That's why the state is there. It's written on the outside gates of the top Kapit Palace uh, in uh, Istanbul. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, keep the Dari Sa'adat under his watchful eye and under his guard and uh, uh, protect it from, from its enemies inside and out, uh, outside, uh, uh, exoteric and esoteric alike. Um, that, that that's what they, they, they wrote that the Sultan is the shadow of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meaning there's authority in Jalal in the Sultan uh, uh, in the earth uh, um, and, and that Sultan is the one who every uh, uh, wronged person and transgressed person can go and seek refuge in uh, for those issues that are that are overwhelming that are too much so we're not talking about someone making fun of your hair last Eid. You know, we're talking about killing, we're talking about theft, we're talking about rape, we're talking about those things. The Sultan is there to like, you know, uh, you know, uh, kick the backside and take names and to take people to school and, you know, straighten them out by force when necessary. Because like Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu astutely noted uh, that there are certain uh, people that will, you know, that will, uh, be straightened out from through authority that even the Quran is not going to work for them. Um, but you know, coming back to this issue, other than that, a person should be very careful about about these three things, and a person should be cognizant in how making fun of people, how passing comments about other races, how passing comments about the other gender, whether it's a man or a woman. 
how passing comments about people of a particular color, how passing comments about people's physical uh, 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 physical, uh, uh, you know, condition and mocking it, uh, or a physical state, how passing comments about people's languages, how passing comments about people's, uh, uh, you know, dress, how passing comments about all of these things about the poor or about the rich, how all of these things are, uh, you know, all of these things are, are highly problematic. Yes, even talking crap about the rich, you know, there's a had to it. In as much as certain rich people came across their money through vulm, um, it is it is okay to to point those things out, um, but uh, it is it's not okay to it's not okay to just hate the rich for the point of hating the rich. And uh, this is something that happened. You know, this happened in the Muslim world. In Libya, it happened. Uh, a, 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 a charismatic leader came overthrew the the, the Sheikh of the Sunusia who ruled uh, with justice, and uh, he said, "We're going to repossess all of the, the the lands of the rich and distribute them to people." Uh, and yes. Uh, that was Muammar Gaddafi, uh, uh, and uh, whoever thinks that that was a good ruler, you know, you uh, uh, you should busy yourself in like stopping 5G from spreading coronavirus or whatever other nonsense garbage you're going to believe in life. Uh, you know, what is it? The same thing happened in Syria. Uh, Syria nationalized all of the all of the private industries, and you know, by the nature of industry, their own like factories and uh, workshops and, and things are owned by rich people. And, um, you know, the, the government repossessed those factories and nationalized them. Uh, the Sheikh of Sheikh Nuham, Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Shahuri, he was the head of the Weavers Union. So he was a worker. And the government took the, 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 the textile factories away from their owners and nationalized them because the Ba'ath, Hizb al-Ba'ath, uh, uh, the Ba'ath party was um, socialist. Uh, and they just, they just took it, they took it away. And uh, he 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 said that this nationalization is theft. These are private property of these people. You can't just take it away for no reason just because you resent rich people. And uh, because of that, they fired him from his job and they uh, uh, they cut off his pension. Um, but those were those were the men of Allah Taala. They spoke the haq, They spoke the truth, and they didn't fear uh, with regards to uh, what would happen thereafter. Um, but you know you can't you know you have to look at all these. You can't just talk garbage about people. Otherwise, what ends up happening? Tell me, is Syria like in a good situation? Does Hezbollah Ba'ath taken it anywhere good with regards to his deen or its dunya? No, nor is Iraq, nor is uh, uh, nor is uh, Libya, um, nor is a lot of a lot of places where these types of things happen. This happens. There's so many places in the Muslim world. People would be like, you know, oh yeah, we kicked out all the Jews. I go stuff for Allah. illa billah. Who gave the Jews aman in the Muslim lands in the first place? Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You kick somebody out that has aman from Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wait, Yom Qiyamah when the one who was sent as Rahmatul Alameen is uh, going to testify against you and be the damning evidence in the uh, in the case that throws you in the hellfire with Billah. And what ends up happening is that those Yahud who lived in peace and and uh, in 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 uh, harmony with the Muslims, it wasn't Disneyland, but like you know. It, People got by, you know, they survived and they lived with each other uh, through hard times. Um, and they definitely did better in our lands than they did in the pogroms of, of Europe. Uh, and those people, then what ends up happening is that they get driven into the arms of the Zionist state. And uh, they're the ones who end up making the bulk of the army that, uh, uh, that, that oppresses our brothers and sisters in Palestine. Why? So some people who have no fear of Allah Ta'ala can steal their property because of their resentment and their jealousy of their uh, their wealth in the Muslim world, because they own like important part pieces pieces of property in the old city and in in, in most uh, Muslim metropoli, that's bogus. That's completely you can't. You just be careful. Be careful how you talk about people. Be very careful how you talk about people, because seeded inside of those poisoned words is what is the destruction of their property. And the violation of their uh, of their of their lives. And here, wherever it's mentioned that uh, Allah Taala has made it haram to um, to 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 impugn uh, uh, the 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 honor of a Muslim or to uh, oppress them with regards to their life or their property, included in that is the Ahlul Dhimma, those people who live as the subjects of the Muslim state uh, uh, under contractual uh, agreement. Um, that was made by the Salaf with their forefathers 
um, that they will that they will follow and abide by uh, the the rules of dhimma and they will be excused from the religious obligations of Islam and in lieu of that they will uh, they will pay the jizya and for that they they have the right of protection and they have the right that all of these things be protected their lives their property and their their honor that they shouldn't be unnecessarily uh, humiliated uh, uh, when they're going about their business they should be recognized as not being muslims but there's no call to unnecessarily humiliate them all of these things be careful how you talk about people be careful how you talk about people because if a person under the protection of the muslims is harmed this is a dishonor on islam uh, uh, and it's not it's not right it's not okay so uh, we continue. He uh, then mentioned certain Sharia-sanctioned exemptions to this uh, to this very important rule. Very important rule. Um, he says. He says. Uh, uh, and this is the rule, and there are exceptions. And the exceptions are not the rule. The exceptions are the exceptions. They're rare. And you make qiyas on the rule. You don't make qiyas on the exceptions. You don't make analogy on the exception. Rather, you make analogy on the rule. And that's one of the important differences between a rule and an exception. Uh, so he says that it is haram to spill the blood of a Muslim to kill a Muslim, and then he gives certain exceptions that are there in our in our Sharia. Uh, he says that uh, except for uh, except for the person who formally renounces Islam after having uh, formally uh, announced its belief, and. Uh, uh, this is obviously something that is not palatable to the modern sensibility. Uh, uh, however, uh, uh, you know, Islam is uh, not just something that we do on Friday like Christians do on Sunday. Islam is an entire way of life and it is the bedrock and the foundation on which the state is, is made. So uh, to accept Islam is to enter into a particular uh, uh, role in society and to enter into a particular pact with the state um, the re revocation of which is a declaration of war and is a type of treason. And uh, uh, this is why uh, this is why uh, the Sharia allows for the killing of a murtad of an apostate. Now, this being said, um, the, the prerogative of killing the apostate is in the hands of the state. It's not in the hands of individuals. The vigilante action is not, 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 not encouraged, nor is it even permissible. Um, and uh, uh, so that's something to think about. In the Maliki school, the killing of the apostate is is an option that is at the hands of the <coughs> of the state, but it's not a had. It's not a necessity. Uh, versus the Hanafi school, in the Hanafi school, uh, by the Nas of the Hidayah. Um, if a person leaves uh, leaves Islam formally, it is the sacred duty of the state uh, uh, to execute such a person. The Maliki school doesn't doesn't share this view, and uh, 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 that's something important to important to remember and important to keep in mind um, that it is an option that is there at the hands of the state because it's different. You know, the apostasy of different people has different political and different social ramifications. And uh, just like in America, you know, uh, Trump uh, actually jokes about it that traitors are are to be shot or killed, um, and the you know the treason of you know the treason of like you know uh, you know eighteen year old uh, jobless person with like five YouTube followers is very different than the treason of someone who works for the state or someone who's in the military uh, or a person of prominence or a person who you know sits at the uh, you know, uh, at the choke point of the lifeblood of the uh, economy uh, 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 of the of the nation, they're different, and the judges and courts will deal with them differently. Um, uh, so uh, it is a an option of the state. It is not in a necessity. Whereas the Hanafis, uh, you know, in their books, it's written that it's the sacred duty of the state that anyone who declares their apostasy openly person keeps it hidden inside their heart or in their private life, then the, 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 there's no case really to talk about. But uh, if a person declares it openly, that it's the sacred duty of the state to have that person executed. Um, and if there's any Hanafi uh, muftis or whatever uh, who are uh, listening to the live stream, as there are from time to time, you're welcome to comment about this or, or issue any sort of clarification or, or uh, uh, further information or even correction if there's something wrong. Um, but that's that's how that is. 
إلا أن يكفر sorry إلا أن يكفر بعض إيمان أو يزني بعض إحصانه or that a person should a person should commit zina after their ihsan, after their uh, protection. Protection here meaning that they have uh, had the experience of uh, lawful uh, sexual intercourse. Uh, uh, that's That process is called ihsan, which literally means protection, but for legal purposes, that's what it means. Before a person, uh, a man or woman, has had lawful sexual intercourse, if they commit zina, if they uh, uh, fornicate, then uh, uh, um, then that that uh, uh, person the punishment for them is lashes uh, if that person if that person then commits in after having uh, had uh, lawful sexual uh, intercourse then uh, after that the punishment increases to stoning but what does this mean because this sounds very barbaric to I mean, it would sound very barbaric to a lot of people um, uh, muslim and non-muslim alike um, Islam is a, a religion that has a concept of privacy, uh, which I don't think was there in like, medieval Christianity. Uh, the idea is this is that the zina, the burden of evidence for a case of zina, either in the case of lashing or in the case of or in the case of uh, uh, of, of stoning, is what is that either uh, you know either the person admits in front of the judge that they did this. In which case, if a person, for example, admits that they committed zina with another person, then their admission is only valid for them. At that point, if they take the name of the other person, they have to establish uh, uh, they have to establish that that person actually committed zina. Otherwise, they'll receive the had first of 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 of, of, uh, of unlawful and false witness against the person, and then afterward they'll receive the punishment of zina. Whereas uh, 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 that, you know, whereas, uh, uh, you know, if they just said that I committed zina and they don't name the other party, then they'll just receive the punishment of zina. So either out of their own volition, they have to admit that they committed that crime, or that person has to, that, sorry, that act has to have been witnessed, uh, uh, to have been done voluntarily, uh, 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 and the metaphor is used in the hadith of the Prophet like the eye goes through the thread of the needle, meaning that the, the act of penetration has to be witnessed by four upright witnesses, which is impossible. I mean, who, and, and like video, for example, videography doesn't doesn't count. You have to see it in person. And so, you know, it's not that I guess four people in in, in the history of Islam have never witnessed uh, someone committed zin, committing zina before. I don't think that's the case. Uh, uh, but the issue is this: is that if there are four people watching a group of people committing zina, usually they don't fit the the, the very stringent uh, uh, criteria in Islam for being an upright witness, because upright people don't just like watch that type of stuff happen. Uh, and if their witness is inadmissible in the court, it it it's as if it doesn't really exist. And uh, I actually wondered. About about this issue that has any has ever anyone been lashed or stoned uh, in the history of the Sharia um, based on witnesses, and I have yet to see any uh, evidence that that ever happened. Um, uh, you know, I've asked. You know, there are places in the world where they still this this uh, punishment is still administered. Uh, or was administered until rel rel relatively recently, and I've actually asked the people uh, in those places: Has has anyone ever witnessed this act, or has the uh, punishments only have the punishments only been administered through iqrar, through uh, um, confession? And uh, thus far, I've only heard of them through iqrar. I've never read in a book any case where a judge has actually found, uh, uh, you know, this to have happened. So. You know, my my feeling is Allah Taala made the, the the system the way it is for a reason. Um, people should know that this is a very severe crime that undermines the very foundation of civilization of society, um, and that if people are to do it, they should hide it. Uh, uh, but at the same time, He made it very difficult to establish the burden of proof in order to get a conviction for this crime, and uh, uh, He also made very stiff penalties for. He made very stiff penalties for a person who makes an accusation regarding this crime and is unable to um, bring that level, that that you know, evidence to those evidentiary standards that are uh, set by the Sharia. So the, the accusations are necessarily very few. 
this is one of the things actually in Pakistan. Pakistan has the what they call the Hudud ordinance that people agitate for or against from time to time. This is a procedural fault in the Hudud ordinance in Pakistan, as far as I can tell, that automatically if someone makes a, 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 an accusation of zina against another person, automatically if they're unable to uh, unable to um, bring evidence to a standard in the Sharia, uh, there should be automatically a case filed against them uh, with regards to qadaf, with regards to wrongful accusation. And as far as I can tell, that's not what happens. And, uh, you know, this has to do with the theoretical difference between the judgeship in Islam and the judgeship in the British system. Uh, uh, the latter, uh, the latter uh, of which is practiced in, in, in Pakistan. Uh, I remember when I was in Madrasa over there, because people, they know you're studying deen, so they ask you masala issues about, about Islam. And so uh, by some uh, happening, uh, the chief justice of the Supreme Court of Pakistan for a very short period of time, was an individual by the name of uh, Rana Bhagwan Das, and as the name uh, 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 as the name indicates, he was a Hindu. He was an idolater. He was not he was not a Muslim. And uh, people would ask, "Malana sahab, ye kya jaiz hai ke jo na ghair Musliman, jo na Chief Justice bane Musliman mulk mein?" Is it Malana sahab? Is it permissible that that a uh, a non-Muslim should be made Chief Justice in the in in, in a Muslim country? And I said, look, as far as I can tell, the majority of the laws on the books in, in, uh, in Pakistan are still from the British era. And procedurally, it's, you know, it's all run according to that system anyway. Uh, culturally, it's all run according to that system anyway as well. So, uh, you know, I think the more pertinent question to ask is, is it, is it permissible for a Muslim to be a judge in that system? And as far as I can tell, uh, I don't think it is. I don't, th I don't think it is. Uh, uh, and Allah, Allah Ta'ala knows best. But one of the differences in the judgeship, the qada of the model of judgeship in Islam uh, uh, versus uh, the model of judgeship in, um, you know, in the British system is that that uh, um, the latter functions on plug and chug. You know, they're very, you know, the, 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 the amount of the amount of discretion that the judge has is very little. And even that is very defined. And questions are 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 dealt with in a kind of reductionist fashion. The I guess the reason that their system is like that is in order in order to uh, um, have a type of uniformity and a type of predictability and outcomes, which, as far as I'm concerned, is fine if you're manufacturing widgets, right? The problem is human beings are so different and their circumstances are so different and two people could do the exact same thing or be in the exact same uh, circumstance or predicament but they're you know what got them there is so different that like in one case a certain uh, judgment might be uh, justice and the same judgment in uh, the case with different individuals um, even if certain uh, uh, you know details and facts with regards to that case are the same it may be, end up being a vulm, it may end up being uh, it may end up being a, 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 a an act of, of oppression and a, a transgression against the Lord and so you know one of the precepts uh, in Islam about the Qadi is that the Qadi is mujtahid uh, he is not. Uh, uh, he is not. Uh, he is not a muqallid. He doesn't follow blindly another person's uh, uh, rulings with regards to Sharia, but he is commanded to look directly at the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, and rule according to what he believes is the intent of uh, of Allah and His Messenger وسلم, rather than. Um, rather than just formulaically pushing some, you know, some stuff through. So this happened, for example, like in Zina, right? In the Maliki school, there's a third, uh, a third, uh, uh, um, a third uh, uh, um, way of getting convicted for 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 fornication or adultery, which is al-hamal, that if a woman uh, becomes pregnant then uh, and there's no way possibly that it could have been from a valid marriage. <clears throat> that this is this is also a proof that a person can get convicted uh, by uh, of pregnancy and uh, you know apparently it's not like that in, in, in other madahib um, and so it's a purely rational it's a rational uh, uh, proposition it makes sense it has to do with things that we know about uh, about the way uh, life works um, and but you know uh, a judge in northern Nigeria actually the very famous Amina Lawal case 
Abkadi in northern Nigeria, he actually uh, let her off the hook by saying what? That the hudud are, the hudud are established by consensus. And uh, the fact that the other madahib don't consider this a, 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 a sufficient evidence that uh, the crime of zina has been committed. Uh, and because the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said uh, uh, to ward off the had punishments uh, 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 through shubuhat, if there's any 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 doubt uh, about uh, 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 about a had punishment crime, then the taqwa, the fear of Allah Taala, and the ihtiyat, the uh, uh, cautiousness, is in what is in in not enforcing them. Uh, um, and so, for that reason, the judge, who was a Maliki, uh, 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 he he actually uh, uh, stayed the case. Now. Uh, uh, this is a, a you know this wouldn't have been possible if he was uh, if he was functioning according to the plug and chug system they would have stoned that woman to death and it would have caused uh, uh, you know it would have caused her death and the political implications are something you know other people can talk about in some other forum but from a purely legal uh, point of view you you can see an outcome in which someone was saved a particular punishment because the qadi has this uh, uh, this type of discretion. Uh, uh, but coming back to this issue with regards to uh, uh, the Sharia allowing people to be stoned to death for uh, uh, certain uh, uh, sexual crimes, um, in reality, it's it's you know the, to to mount the amount of evidence for that person to be punished uh, in any way other than them voluntarily uh, uh, voluntarily uh, confessing their crimes. Um, it's really, it's, it's, as far as I can tell, it's never happened before. It's practically impossible. And, um, you know, someone might say, well, that's barbaric that a person can come and, you know, uh, confess in front of a judge and be killed. Well, I mean, according to Western liberal standards, you know, people, you know, euthanasia, medical assisted euthanasia and things like that, I, it really, they have no grounds to stand on uh, when, 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 you know, trying to invoke an argument for a person not choosing the right to die. Uh, Wallahu a'lam. Not that, not that we really care. I mean, we argue against other people after having understood our deen, and those are certain people. We really don't care. Uh, we only argue against them in as much as it, it protects the deen from unfair tuhma, that uh, accusation, unfair accusation that may become a, a, a fitna for the iman of certain people. But, uh, uh, you know, so if a person wants to have that argument, then, you know, I don't really feel like they have any legs to stand on, um, given that, like, a person's uh, own choice for themselves is, is a, a bedrock of uh, liberal, postmodern liberal ideology. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, that's that. But we continue. Oh, facade and fil ard. Or that a person should, uh, or that a person should be caught uh, um, causing mischief in the earth, and here we're not talking about like you know college freshman pranks. Uh, rather, we're talking about what uh, we're talking about. بأن يحارب بقطع الطريق أو قتل الناس لأخذ أموالهم على وجه يتعذر معه الغوث أو يسقي غيره شيئا at any rate, so it's what it's it's violence against people uh, for the purposes of coercion. So one thing is violence against people for the you know because you're angry or you get into a fight with them. Another thing is violence for coercion. So if you you know like it's known in the Sharia, for example, um, and although there's a lot more detail to it, but it's known in general that the thief uh, gets their hand cut off. Um, and that theft is is what sariqa is that thing which is taken unlawfully through stealth, through uh, uh, um, through stealth. Uh, so uh, you sneak into someone's house and you take something and leave. If you get caught um, and certain conditions are met, then uh, the punishment of that is that the person uh, should have their hand amputated. Uh, and they practice that in certain countries in the world. And guess what? No one steals anything. Um, but here we're talking about what this is different. This is robbery is different. Robbery is what is to, by force of arms or by the threat of violence. Say, give me this, or I'll kill you, or I'll hurt you, or to cock your fist back, or to take a, a weapon out in a way that insinuates that you're going to harm them. Uh, and likewise, other types of coercion, rape, uh, also falls into this category. 
um, uh, in those cases, in those cases where people do that uh, uh, and it meets uh, particular conditions, according to Malik, this is a had punishment. If that person is caught um, uh, without voluntarily giving themselves up and rectifying what they what they wronged on their own, then it's a had punishment. The punishment for which is that uh, their right arm is cut off and their left leg is cut off and they're crucified. Um, and uh, you know this is why Islam is really not the not the religion of terrorism because terror terrorism is like we're trying to coerce people uh, to uh, uh, some sort of political uh, in some sort of political direction or economic direction um, through causing violence like this. This is how they were dealt with in the old days. If they're brought by, you know, they're brought in front of the qadi, the qadi would would order an exemplary punishment as a had. As a, as a divinely sanctioned uh, sacred duty of the state. Um, this is not cool. Uh, it's not cool to threaten violence against people and it's not tolerated by our sacred Sharia and it shouldn't be tolerated ever. Um, and uh, uh, um, this is a, a Sharia, a Sharia a, a, a sanctioned exemption to the prohibition against spilling the blood of a, of a Muslim. Oh, yamraqa min dini or if the person, if the person here, yamraqa uh, means to leave the deen. And so one might ask, well, what's different different between this and what was mentioned before of kufr after iman? Here, the the, the point is, is that that the, the the first the first mention was that a person formally renounced Islam. Here, we're talking about a person uh, may not formally announce that I'm no longer a Muslim, but they. They will start saying weird things like "I worship God" and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, "I worship a Trinity with God, pink lemonade, and Santa Claus," you know, and I'm still a Muslim. So that person is functionally not a Muslim, but they've left Islam because the devi de deviance in their belief has reached a gross level. That such a person is also uh, uh, also liable for 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 capital punishment uh, if they do not repent from their if they do not repent from their 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 folly and their errors. And it's actually uh, it's actually mustahab for the, the the judge in these cases to give even if they intend on killing the person to give that person three days to think it over. And it's mentioned in the books that during those three days they should not be starved or treated harshly. Uh, and uh, if they wish, you know, someone should come and try to like talk it out with them and see like uh, uh, you know if if something can be explained to them. Sayyidina Umar radiAllahu anhu his. <coughs> His maslak was that he would he would spare no expense and spare no effort in order to try to reconcile such people with the deen. And uh, I think that's uh, that's you know I, I don't recall him ever having executed an apostate. Um, uh, but but on the, on the flip side, it would it would hurt him inside that someone would leave Islam, and he would try to find out why is it that 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 happened. Um, uh, but at any rate, this is. Uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of the disclaimers or whatever that we mentioned earlier, they all apply here as well. But uh, that a person cannot do this uh, on their own. The killing of such people and the judgment of such people is a prerogative of the state. And uh, uh, again, um, uh, uh, you know, you can flip back to, uh, to what was mentioned earlier with regards to this uh, in order to kind of flush out the nuance uh, if you're joining in uh, later on in the video. وَالْتَكُفَّ يَدَكَ عَمَّا لَا يَحِلُّ مِنْ مَالٍ أَوْ جَسَدٍ أَوْ دَمٍ So let a person hold their hand back um, from all of those things that are haram in regards to wealth or a body or blood. So obviously don't go kill people. Um, but like, you know, be careful also, don't hit a person. Um, you know, this is another thing that happens. People will, I don't know, you see like, a, I see the, you know, kids do this in the masjid from time to time. There'll be like a box of cookies in the community room or there'll be like uh, water bottles or whatever uh, sitting somewhere. And then they will, they'll just like, crack out a bottle and drink from it. A person should be very, very careful uh, with regards to other people's property that they not misappropriate it large or small uh, because things that we see as small in this world their misappropriation on the other side uh, um, it will be a difficulty that we cannot cope with if the person doesn't forgive us for it 
Um, and, uh, uh, you know, these small misappropriations we do has to do with the masjid property. Our aslaf were very, very stringent about them. So they say that uh, Sayyidina Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, he used to buy candles from his own money for his own personal business. So if he was riding at nighttime, um, he would burn the government candle and use a government ink and ink pot. If he had a personal letter to write, or if someone came to meet with him about something about a personal nature, he would do what? He would snuff out the government's candle and he would you know, light his own and then continue with people. Um, this is this is the taqwa of our elders and our forefathers. They say something similar about uh, Mulana Ahmad Ali, uh, Ali uh, Saharanpuri, uh, one of the founders of the uh, Madrasa uh, Mawahir al-Ulum in Saharanpur. Uh, and he was a great muhaddith and a great student of Shah Abdul Ghani al-Mujaddidi. Uh, he not only was one of the, he was not only the muhashi on, uh, who wrote the hashia on Bukhari that they use in Darsh Nizami, which is one of the best hashias uh, of Bukhari for a student of knowledge. Uh, but he also wrote the hashia on uh, the Mishkat al-Masabih, which is also one of the best hawashi on the Mishkat uh, <coughs> that's used by the Darsh Nizami students. And uh, he was he was uh, uh, the ustad in hadith of uh, not only the Akabir of Deoband, but also of Bir Mehr Ali Shah, rahimahullah ta'ala. Bir Mehr Ali Shah, rahimahullah ta'ala, who was a, a very pious and righteous man. Uh, um, uh, he wasn't, uh, he didn't follow the maslak of Deoband. And uh, uh, but he was a great sheikh of Tasawwuf in the uh, in, in the Indian subcontinent, and uh, uh, this was a you know this was a teacher he had in common with Akabir of Deoband, and he was actually quite accomplished in the field of hadith. He was a very scholarly individual. Uh, on top of his his ashar that he wrote uh, in the Ma'rifa of Allah Taala and his excellence in uh, um, in the spiritual uh, in, in the spiritual uh, tradition of Islam. Uh, but he was a very learned. He was very learned in the hadith of the Prophet So they say that this, uh, uh, because he was the student of this uh, Mulana uh, Ahmad Ali uh, Saharanpuri. So Mulana Ahmad Ali Saharanpuri himself, he would also like when he would go on madrasa business to Delhi or to one of the big cities, he would refuse to meet with people uh, for personal matters as well. Um, and there, I mean, it's not just him. There are many people. Their 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 taqwa and steadfastness was that they were very careful not to misappropriate um, uh, material uh, material wealth. Uh, extremely careful. They showed a lot of taqwa even beyond what's legally necessary, out of the fear of if they're asked on the day of judgment to recompense, uh, 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 you know, the people uh, for for their money. Uh, or for their resources, how are they going to do it? And we should also likewise be very careful about that. I remember when I was in elementary school, we had a very, uh, like a kind of a, a like a Calvinist, uh, very religious Protestant teacher in sixth grade. And uh, uh, she left a box of candy bars out. And uh, um, the, she left the room for some business or for whatever reason. And the kids all distributed them and ate them. And uh, <laughs> I was in sixth grade. I said, well, they're not ours. We can't eat them. So I was the only one who didn't eat it. And uh, uh, when we came back and she saw that, like, her, her box of candy bars was, like, ravaged, you know, she was distraught. She was upset. Um, and then someone's like, well, Hamza didn't take one. Uh, uh, I think that distressed her even more. <laughs> one with some kid in class is the only one who didn't partake from it. This is, this is, this is our dean, uh, brothers and sisters, young or old. Um, you know, this is our deen. We don't we don't misappropriate uh, the wealth wealth of others. There's no baraka in it. There's no khair in it. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala make us upright people. Allah makfina bi halalika an haramika. Aghnina bi fadlika aman siwak. Ya Allah make your halal enough for us. Make it make it enough for us to the point that we don't need your haram. Uh, uh, and and uh, 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 make us free of need through you. Uh, free of need of anyone other than you. you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq of making amal on the things that we read. It's not easy. I'm not going to claim that like I'm making amal on, uh, on these things. Rather, I'm the, the, the messenger who's just reading the letter and I, I'm in need of I'm in need of tawfiq uh, just like the next person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we read and there's some pious person who says amin to our du'as inshallah maybe Allah ta'ala will change our life for the better as well. And uh, give us a tawfiq for making amal on these things.
we keep asking Allah Ta'ala and trying our best, even if our best is not very good. Uh, uh, and we keep attending these majalis in the hope that one day the nur of, of, of this ilm will overwhelm uh, our, our desires to be sinful or rebellious or just our heedlessness and apathy. I say wa alaikum salam to him. Bhai Jawad Kareem, salam alaikum, wa alaikum salam rahmatullahi barakatuh. Bhai Sharif Pratt says salam, so wa alaikum salam. Ruben Batista, salam alaikum, wa alaikum salam rahmatullahi. Bhai Wakar Kokar says what leaving Islam would openly, not praying, fasting, be sufficient evidence, or only uh, uh, openly disbelieving Allah. So this is a disagreement amongst the the fuqaha. I think I think uh, uh, leaving the the prayer according to an opinion of the Hanbali madhab is kufr, um, and I'm not a Hanbali mufti, so you can ask Mufti Musa uh, or uh, Sheikh Taha Abdul Basir, one of the <coughs> mashayikh who is learned in the Hanbali school, uh, uh, with regards to with regards to that. Uh, according to the rest of the uh, uh, according to the rest of the ulama, leaving the prayer openly is not kufr. Um, there are punishments uh, involved in it, some of which are very severe, but uh, leaving the prayer is not kufr, uh, 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 nor is leaving fasting. They're considered sins. They're only kufr when they are, there's a qarina that a person no longer believes in their, uh, in their uh, wujub and their obligation or no longer believes in Islam. Otherwise, a person can be a sinner. And many Muslims were up to like high levels of debauchery through the uh, history of Islam, uh, some of which are inconceivable by small-minded people like us. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, kufr, sin is something else, and kufr is something else. Allah ta'ala spare us from both. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.